0: it's good to see part two of the church <laughs> part one is at what time nine right and then you guys are part two at, <laughs> at 11 but it's so good to be back here with you guys um how many did you guys are all of you just brand new or you guys stayed from the service from the previous service oh well, it's all good to see all of your faces. <laughs> it's good to be back in the states. It's good to be tr- um, be with different churches and just visit with all of you guys and be able to share what God's doing, giving you an update. This time, we were able to able to visit new churches, and it was so hard because I was like, I have to make two two speeches, one for the brand new ones and one for the <laughs> update ones. So. Um, I hope I'm able to give everything that I want to share with you guys. But for those that don't know you, I don't know if everybody knows us, but we're the Beck family, and we have three children. Malachi is the oldest. Alegría, which means happiness in Spanish, and which there's a testimony behind that. And um, Ezra, the youngest. And we are um, our ministry name is Abraham Seed. And our, we serve, we're missionaries to Mexico and we serve in Chiapas. Mexico, which is the southern part of Mexico. Mexico has two of the poorest states, which is... Oaxaca and Mexico, I mean, and Mexico, and Chiapas, and we're in one of them. Our state is mostly uh, indigenous people, which is the natives of Mexico, but that area where we serve, they come from the Mayan group, and there's a ton of them. And there's a lot of, also, a lot of dialects. I thank God, honestly, I thank God that our village that we pastor does not have a, a dialect. Because we went to serve in one of the villages, and they had three different ones. So it was Spanish, and then the one dialect, and then the other dialect, and then the other dialect. But (laughs) I am grateful for the small things that at least our our village does not speak a dialect. And we're able to share the word of God in the best way we can. So we are pastors of a village church, and the, uh, the place is called Palmira. We've been there for five years. Um, we are excited to share with you what God has done. These past years, the two two years ago, we came and shared that we wanted to open a school. We wanted to open a um, Bible school and plant a church. You know, sometimes when God gives you a vision, you're like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready <laughs> to go, and I want to do it. You know, but America right now is almost all open, right? Mexico still is not. The school system has not opened yet, and the teachers like to protest and close the school whenever they want, so that has also hindered us from opening the school. We are still pastors of a church, so that has taken a lot of time, uh, a lot of our time to be able to share, you know, do these other things, but I know that it's in God's timing. You know, God timing is perfect it may not be in how we want planned but God has a timing for everything and it's perfect but the enemy doesn't like what's coming you know and I'm excited about that because he is trying his best to to knock us down in the village that we serve they like um, they treat us as foreigners and we will forever be foreigners to them that village, you cannot purchase land. You cannot borrow land. You cannot do anything like that. But we trusted God that what he was telling us, which is to build a house, um, to be able to know the people better, uh, we did it anyway. And we said, God, I don't understand your plan, but I don't need to. All I need to do is be obedient. You know. So we started building a house. The village, the entire village got into a meeting so that we can kick, so they kick us could kick us out you know up to now they haven't kicked us out but you know what the sad purpose of the enemy he said you know what i want this is what the village people were saying they were saying we want to close the church leave these people without a pastor so they can just get destroyed that's what the enemy we know who who the attacks are coming from We know it's not the people. We know it's the enemy. And God, through this all, was saying, you know what? Zip your lip and throw the key away. You don't have to defend yourself because sometimes when we talk, we can mess things up because of our emotions. But God was saying, like, you know what? Be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. This is my battle. It's not yours. So he did. He did. He has defended us. We are still there, you know, until the Lord says, it's time for you to move on. So it's a waiting work that we're doing and God has been speaking to our hearts. We are ready. We I ask you to pray for us. We have prayer cards so you can think about us. We are feeling in our hearts that it's time to step away from the church, but we don't want to leave it with any just anybody. So pray that somebody would come that has the soul to reach souls to reach all of the village for Christ, cuz that's our desire. And um we that's our desire for everybody, for all of Mexico, for everybody here to say get saved because God is a God of hope. You know, nowadays, people are looking for hope. People are looking for peace. That's what people want, peace. And they think they can get it in money and material things and whatever, but it's not. We can only get it through God. And that's what I want to, what we want to share with people. The fact, because God is a fact. It's not something we have to convince somebody. He's a fact that he is a powerful God, that he can deliver us from anything that has us tie us down and he can give us peace in the middle of the storm. He can give us peace. Amen. Amen. And that's for Mexico and that's for everybody. Amen. But we're not, you know, although this is coming, um, we have trouble in the village. God says, you know what? I don't want for you to sit idle. We're going to expand your territories. During the mission trip that, from the, that people came from your church, we wanted for you guys to experience our village. But that didn't happen because there are so many things going on. They closed the village because, um, I don't know if you understand what closed means. So it's around, it, our village is in the middle of the mountain, and it's surrounded by woods and there's only one entrance and one exit. And they closed that, that village because there's uh, kidnapping, a lot of children kidnapping for organs and all that stuff. It's really sad. So we weren't allowed to bring anybody in, only us. And they check our cars and all that, like it's the bridge, well, the bridge. When you cross the, b- the, the border, that's what they do. So anyway, so I sometimes tell my husband, it's like we need a passport to come here. <laughs> so anyway, so we weren't able to go and show our village off. But God said, you know what? I have 10 other villages that you can serve. So we started working with this other pastor in Tuxla, in the city. We're not in the city. We're, well, it's, it's, a, it's a big city. Anyway, it's a two and a half hours away from where we live. And we started working there. And we went to about four or five different churches, right? I'm, I'm talking to Brian because he came with us. <laughs> so anyway, so we met these people. Every time we meet new churches, we meet new people, we ask God, God, open our eyes to see the need of the church, to see the need of the people. We do a program where we invite children with an intention intention is so that the parents can come as well so we invite them with candy and like toys and different things to come at the beginning this is something that that pastor we were working with has never done before and they're a little bit more shy in this area so we said okay this is what we do and he's like no no no. let's just work with the church and he didn't wanna he didn't feel comfortable to go and invite invite people to the church So we said, okay, we're going to do the two services, fine. But I was itching inside just to like, no, we got to (laughs) go. So the following, after the two first services, I said, no, let's go. Let's go and invite people because people need to be reached for the gospel. So that's what we did. And we first started, we got to the church, and we first started with five little kids in the front, front row. And they were putting chairs, and they put only like 15 chairs to start off with. But then by the end, we had 175 people in the church. (laughs) The church was so narrow and long. There is people still coming in the back. So we really don't know how many people came. But we had 200 candy bags. And that's how we mostly calculated it, right? (laughs) We had like six, six of them left or something. But we were giving them to the parents and to the kids and stuff. But it was so, so exciting to see by just inviting what happens, you know? So if you have any friends, I know you guys have friends. I know you guys know people. Invite them to church. It'll do something. You don't have to, like, convince them to get saved. God will do that. You know, God will touch the heart. So after that, after we did this program, not only... Did the people here that came were touched. Every time you go on a mission trip, your heart changes. God touches it in a special way. If you've never done it, do it. You're not too old. <laughs> Come, go wherever you want around the world and do a mission trip because it will change your heart just like it did to the people that came. But not only that, the, the, work, the church that we were working with, there are some youth that were working with us as well, their heart was changed as well. And that got me so excited because I said, you know, although this wasn't based on their church, they were serving, and it was so simple. You know, for them, there is a, a, um, the language barrier, but for these other people, there were not. And now they're in fire for God, and they want to continue to do it. And I say, thank God, because, you know, God touches the hearts when they are willing to be touched Sometimes we are protective of our heart, but don't be when it comes to God. You know, God only wants the good for you, even though it might hurt. You know, sometimes God sees things in our hearts or in our life that are not okay with him. But if we allow him and say, you know, God, please touch this area, he will. And he will change it for the good. Amen. So if you want to pray for us, pray for us for this. Get a card. Pray for us that we are able to minister to, for wisdom to be able to um, teach and train leaders <laughs> to be able to preach sound doctrine. They have a hard time with that, with that down there. They don't like to read. So a lot of the pastors, a lot of the leaders didn't finish grade school, didn't finish um, primary school, elementary right? A lot of them don't know how to read and write, but their heart is to serve God. So a lot of them don't spend the time with God. They don't read. So they open the Bible, the day of the service and whatever falls on. And that's what they talk about. So it's really sad in that area. And, you know, we just want to help them to be able to know the responsibility of having a church, that they are as leaders responsible for that. We also want to encourage the churches to have Sunday school. In Mexico or in our area, the children are not important. They're not. They just are sent outside. And, okay, when you get older, you might come in. But the parents want them to get saved, but they don't have anything for them. And my heart hurts for that because my heart is for children. So pray that we are able to share a Sunday school program with them and then be able to accept it. You know, that's what we want, for them to have a soft and sensitive heart for what the Lord wants to do in their church and for their youth as well. You know, it's very important for them to know, uh, for people to know Christ at a young age. I was saved at three years old. My mom wasn't saved. My sister was saved, and it was with one of these programs. Nowadays, people would say like, oh, this crazy lady. Because there is a lady around our house. We lived in Mexico at this time. I'm from the States, but we lived in Mexico. And she would go around and and collect children. Now it'd be like see, like super bad. But she would go around the around the neighborhood and say, "Hey, do you want to come to my house? Do you want to come to my house?" So we went to her house. <laughs> I think about it. I asked my mom, "What did you think? Like, what is you let me go?" <laughs> but it was the best experience because I received Christ through that through the dedication of that lady you know i don't know if she still if she still lives or not but i want to make the same impact on children i want them to have the same opportunity that i had at a young age even if my parents didn't want to you know god was planning my my calling since then so please pray for us that the lord will give us the wisdom to be able to carry this out. Pray for protection, you know, for my children, for for us. Because in reality, Mexico is not a safe place, but the Lord has called us there. So his hand is upon us, you know? And I ask you to pray. When my mom passed this last year, and it was hard because as a mother, you pray for your children. Your children are always on on your mind. So when she passed, I said, who's going to pray for us? You know, we don't have that constant thought of a person praying for us. So pray for us. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen.
1: Thank you, Lord. So good, God. So good. Hallelujah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Awesome,
0: God. Thank you. Pray for provision for us, you know. Pray for boldness that we will be fearless in sharing all of that with the people that need it. Absolutely. So I want to leave you with this. Oh, we're going to have, I, I almost forgot. We're going to have a mission a mission trip this July, yeah. 2023. So feel brave to go <laughs> and visit us and work with us. Um, it'll be fun. You you can ask Brian or the guys who went. <laughs> awesome. Hallelujah. So um, I want to leave you with this. Oh, before that, I want to share something really cute. <laughs> when we were there, when we were um, at on the mission trip, Caleb said something really cute about his mom. He said, "Oh, my mom's the best. She's like a warm chocolate chip cookie." <laughs> <laughs> And that that really warmed up my heart because I was like, oh, she must be really sweet, and I thought to myself, oh, then I must be like a saltine cracker, because <laughs> I am a harder mom. <laughs> but I want them, I want my kids to think about like uh, of me the same way. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was really cute. <laughs> so i want to leave you with this church when trouble comes your way don't try know that god is with you god is with you it says right here i i gave the uh, the example of when you go to the beach and you know the wave is coming do you stand with your two feet at the same or do you once one foot in front of the other how do you do it Dive into the wave no <laughs> you brace yourself for what's coming right you don't allow the wave just to knock you down because you'll roll over and then stay there but it's the same in our spiritual life brace yourself we have an enemy who wants to knock us down We have an enemy, whether you think about it or not, that wants to discourage you from stop coming to church. He wants to discourage you in not believing that God is a God of miracles, in not believing that He can do something for something you're struggling with, like anxiety or whatever it is, depression. He can pull you out of that. And you might think, well, it's not that easy. Well, it is that easy. It is that easy. Let me tell you, if you are willing to let it go, He will do it for you. And I want to leave you with this Romans 5. Uh, three to five, it says, and we can rejoice too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that the, that they are good for us, they help us learn to endure and endurance develops strength and care of character in us, and character strengthens our, co- our confident expectation of salvation, and this expectation will not disappoint us. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Amen. God is so good. Even in the midst of trials, he's the one who goes before us, walks behind us, and is fighting our battles. We love you, church. We have a little video for you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. God bless you. you.
1: to pray for provision to build, The Lord heard our prayer and provided for our church building. God has placed such a burden and love in our hearts for the people of Palomita. The Bible says in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly our desire for everyone in Palomita love with them and praying for them and their families. It's so exciting to share the gospel
2: Good morning, church. Give him a hand. He's a good God, isn't he? Amen. It is such a privilege to be here this morning with you. Um, this time, I have to kind of stay in my place. I think more than the last service, I was all, all over the place, and it was such a joy. <laughs> but it is such an honor to be here with you this morning. Um, thank you so much for having us, Pastor. And thank you, church, for having us. Uh, I do have a word from the Lord for you all this morning. Before I get into that, I just want to hit one other point that, you know, my wife said that the church now in Tuxla has been affected so greatly that uh, these teenagers that are on fire for the Lord, just before we came here, we got an announcement saying that uh they decided to do a vbs this summer and so the teenagers decided to plan it all and they went to the area they invited people in they registered people they registered them how do you like how does a teenager think of these things right they registered them they brought them in they put down their numbers their addresses they brought them in and they had a great turnout i mean they said it was so full they were so blessed And the pastor was like, this is so cool. This is awesome that they now want to do it for Christmas. They want to have a Christmas VBS. And they said, Pastor, if you would come, we would like to have you on the last day because we want to have this place packed out and we want to have all the parents come. And we're expecting God. We're expecting God to do something great right here in our community. So pray with us about that. But that is exactly what you guys did coming to our area. And so that is just fanning the flame. Fanning the flame. You guys came, you fanned the flame, and that spark got on them and now it's ignited. It's there's a fire burning for Christ in Gutierrez Chiapas, Mexico, which is uh three three hours from us, two and a half, three hours from us. And so we praise God for that plan. I told Brian before when when they were getting ready to leave, I said Man, this week. They were there for about a week. I said this week all of my plans it just didn't go to plan. But everything was God's plan. Hey, yeah. right? It was his plan and everything worked together for the good. It worked together for you guys. It worked together for the church and it worked together for the church over there and I mean, we're all just so much better that God is in control. How many of you can give an amen to that? Thank you, God, for taking care of that. If you will, let's open in our Bibles to Acts chapter 9. And I do want to put this out that uh, I did schedule first. So even though I'm part two of Mission Sunday, uh, we scheduled first. (laughs) No, God knew that. God knew that. And I believe that. The word that, uh, that Brother Chris gave you guys last week, this will go right in along with the word that he gave you guys. And I know that because the Lord gives us the word. Amen? Amen. This word doesn't come from man. It comes from him. And it's all ordained by him. Acts chapter 9, will you stand to your feet in honor of the Lord's word this, this morning or this afternoon? Acts chapter 9 verse 15 and 16. It says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We honor you today. We invoke your name in this place. We know that you're in our midst. But God, we give you this time. We ask you that you would open our ears to hear, open up our eyes to see. And open up our heart to receive what you have for us today. We thank you that today we will leave a changed people in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for all that's going to happen today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if you would allow me, I would like to give a little bit of context to this verse. This verse, God is speaking to a man named Ananias. Saul, he had just been on the road to Damascus and the glory of Jesus shone upon Saul and Saul became blind. He went to a certain place and he waited and in that place he was blinded with his eyes. In the physical, he was blind. But the Lord was working on something right here inside of us. Thank God that he was working on Paul, or Saul as we know him in this context. And he told Ananias, go because this man is a chosen vessel of mine. In the New Living Translation, it says, he's my chosen instrument. So today I would like to talk to you on the title, A Chosen Instrument. And as Paul Saul was there, and, he, and as he was ready for whatever was next. God was talking to Ananias because he said, this man is my chosen vessel. And Ananias said, this man's horrible. Do you know him? He's gone out and killed all these Christians. He's uh, persecuted so many others. You don't know who you're talking about, Lord. And the Lord said, go. Because he, I've chosen him. I've chosen this man to reach the the Jews. I've chosen this man to reach the Gentiles. Thank God, because you and I are a Gentile. And so because Ananias was obedient and he prayed for him and he did exactly what the Lord had asked him to do, because in that moment he could have chosen to say, I don't think you know what you're talking about. I'm not going to go do that. Don't we all have that free will? And thank God that he went and prayed for him and that Paul, Saul, became Paul and he had a great ministry. He had many things that he did for the gospel. He did many things for the Lord because he was God's chosen vessel. Today I'm here to remind some people. I'm here to remind our church. I'm here to remind the body of Christ that you and I are a chosen vessel that you and I are a chosen instrument be that he has a purpose for your life he has something in store for your life Hallelujah. you know through this pandemic time there's been a lot of people that I've seen that have been working towards getting into their destiny, getting into their purpose that God has created them for. I've seen pastors, pastors' wives. I've seen missionaries. I've seen people called by God to do something great for the kingdom of God. And through it all, they're a mess right now. They're absolutely a mess. Because there was an obstacle that got put in their way and they decided that the obstacle was greater than he that lives inside of us. And so today I'm here to declare once again, I'm here to to tell you that the Lord is speaking today saying, you have been called. You have a purpose. God has things in store for you. And there's going to be some stuff we're going to have to take care of. And it wasn't by coincidence you've been called. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, that, or in chapter 1, that the Father knew you and he chose you Hallelujah. long ago. Right. That means before you even put in your mommy's belly, he knew what you were going to do. He knew what he was creating you to do. And guess what? He chose you. Thank you, Jesus, that you chose me. He's looking for some people that have a heart that just says, here I am, Lord, I'm available to you. I don't know how I'm going to get through it all, but I just know that I'm going to, you're going to help me get through it. Just like through this, pa- this pandemic. I didn't know how we were going to get through it. Was I scared? There was times I was scared, but then I said, wait, why am I scared? He's greater Than the pandemic. He's greater than a disease. He's greater than death. He's greater than sin. He's greater than it all. All I have to do is trust in him, right? You know, all of this reminds me of what John talked about in in John 15 or what Christ talked about in John 15, how he's the vine and we're the branches. You know, we get all messed up in the head, right? As Christians, because we think that we have to do all of it. We have to do it all. We're the ones that have to to make fruit happen. That we're the ones that have to, because it says, he's the vine, we're the branches, and we're going to produce fruit. I'm here to tell you that I have learned that the fruit that's producing on my branch has nothing to do with this guy right here has absolutely nothing to do. All I do is be obedient to him. All I do is abide in the vine. All I do is rest in the vine. Do what he's asking me to do. And he is the one that's producing the fruit in me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. That means that the words that I need to say, he's pushing them into me. That means that the things that I need to do, he's giving them to me. The church that he wants us to plant, he's giving that, he's telling that to us. Yeah. The Bible school, the, the, um, the Christian school, all the things that God has asked us to do, it's coming from him. Hallelujah. There's days that I worry about it. Well, what am I going to do? Well, How am I going to get there? Well, where's the money going to come from? And then I have to come back to say, golly, yeah. I just need to abide in him. I just need to rest in him. I just need to know that he's the one. Hallelujah. That's going to give all that I need. And I can just have that peace. The peace that knows all that 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 surpasses all understanding. I can have the joy in the morning because I know that he's the one. The pressure is off of me. Hallelujah. The pressure's off. All I have to do is abide. All I have to do is rest. Yeah. I was telling the the church earlier, I I was preaching a sermon, uh, I think it was two, about two weeks ago, or last week, I'm sorry. And it was about abiding. And you know how we all love coffee. By the way, if you come to Chiapas, we grow our own coffee there. Hallelujah. And I, uh, so, but we all here in, in New England, I, I'm sure you guys like tea as well. Yeah. And so we have that nice, cup of hot water and we have a tea bag that we put in there but many times us as christians we think we got to push the fruit out i got to push the fruit out i got to do i got to do i got to do i got to do and what we're doing is we're jumping back into the law because we're being religious we're pushing we're trying to push fruit out when it's not our job to push the fruit out our job is to abide and so, as we're dipping that bag, tea bag, in and out of that water, we're trying to produce that fruit. Well, a Christian should look like this, ma'am. And uh, well, you have to come with a, a, a tie, and you have to come with a nice shirt to church. I believe that we should come and honor the Lord in a nice, in in a nice way. But we try to push what we think is a Christian onto someone else. So we're dipping and we're dipping and we're dipping that tea bag trying to force the fruit to come out when where we should be that tea bag that gets dropped in there and it abides and as it abides in that hot water that hot water starts to soak up all the goods of that leaf and it starts to convert that water into hot tea and that is what we should be in Christ. You know, the Bible says in Psalm ninety two twelve, the godly will flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Right. Those planted in the house of the Lord right. shall flourish and shall bear fruit in old age. I'm here to tell some people that are a little bit older this morning yeah. that the Lord is not done with you yet, sir that the Lord is not done with you, ma'am, yes. that you still have a purpose and God still wants to produce fruit in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, just like David talked about being planted by the rivers of living water and they produce fruit and their leaves are always green. Abide, resting, growing in, putting roots down in, so that he can give us the fruit that we need. Thank Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. So our job, church, is to be a vessel. Amen. Our job is to be an instrument. Our job is to keep this vessel clean. That's what our job is. Not to go back into the law. Not to go back into sin. Not to go back into the desires of the old nature, the old man that goes to destruction, but be that new man. Wow. That new man that produces fruit. That new man that, that, that is walking in faith and not by sight. That's what he wants us to be. That's what he's called you to be. You. And so as an instrument... It's it's something that we, an instrument is something that we use. Okay, so the dictionary says an object that's fabricated or formed with different pieces that serves the different purpose to completing a job. So there's us as men. We like our tools. How many like, yeah, that wasn't even a question. You know, it's like my hands in the air. And while I'm on this, On this subject, ladies, please don't try to organize our tools. We know where everything's supposed to be, and it's in its order. I got an amen over here already. And when it gets ordered by you guys, we can't find it, even though it's like right in front of our face. But anyways, every tool has its purpose. How many of you know that a drill has its purpose? And that drill's purpose is not to be a hammer. The pliers have a purpose and it is not to be a screwdriver, but every piece of instrument that was formed was formed for a purpose and for a reason. Oh, I think I'm talking to somebody this morning. You were formed in his image, and you were formed to serve him. You were formed to to have a purpose, to have a reason. And let me tell you, Brother Brian, your purpose and reason in life is different from mine, but that's way okay. So that means that you don't need to imitate me, and I don't need to imitate you, because we are a part of a body. And as you know, our body is very... Our bodies are, have different parts. And so the hand has a purpose and a reason. The fingers have a purpose and a reason all the way down to your fingernails. Praise right. God. Right. And so all of you have a purpose and a reason for life. Thank you, Lord. But you need to be connected. You need to be abiding. Yeah. You need to be obedient so, so that you can walk in your destiny so that you can walk in your purpose. You know, I saw a movie and I don't remember which one it was, but it was a a, a movie and they were showing this big house. It was a ginormous house and they were just trying, I think they were just trying to fill the room, honestly, because there was like nothing in there but this grand piano. And I don't know if any of you have seen uh, these up close, but these grand pianos are absolutely beautiful. They're made from the best wood. They're polished to perfection. They are absolutely beautiful. And when you listen to those, they're absolutely beautiful. It's the most beautiful sound that any piano can make. I know that because my mom, she was a choir director, and she uh, had someone who played the piano. And every time I listened to that, I said, wow. It's just absolutely wonderful. And that piano, it was in the movie, it was formed and created. It was molded to be a piano. It was tuned to perfection so that someone would sit down and play it. But in that place, no one played it. It sat and wasted its time sitting there waiting for someone to use it so that it would fulfill its purpose. So my question to you this morning is, are you functioning? Are you functioning in your purpose that God has created you to be made for? Are you functioning in that purpose that God has created you specifically for? He has created each and every one of you special and and perfect in his sight. And he has made us in his image. He's made us different, but the same. And he has all given us a different purpose. But are you functioning in that? Or are you like that grand piano that was made beautiful to be played and to be performed with? And are you just sitting collecting dust? Wasting your time. Focused on non-eternal things. You know, as we come back, to the States, there's a lot. I mean, I even have family that tell me that they're, they're doing certain things and it's like, man, you're Christians, you know better. You have your focus on all the wrong things. You're focusing on all this stuff that doesn't matter. And I'm not saying to go and be a nun. I'm not saying to go and be a priest. I'm not saying to go and be a a missionary or a pastor unless the Lord calls you. But there is so much in America today, and forgive me for, for saying this, but there's so much in America today that I see Americans wasting their time in idle stuff that does not even Matter. True. Amen. True. You know, Jesus, he paid a price for you. He paid a price for me. He brought us Jesus. and he brought us out of sin Hallelujah. and to put us into his glorious light. Yes. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. But he didn't pay that precious price so we can sit around consume to consume things and to just relax and, and do nothing. He has pulled you out of death. He's put you in his glorious light yes. to fulfill a purpose. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. To fulfill a purpose, to fulfill a job, to do something that he has called you to do. You know, with our purpose and with our reason, one of the things that he has created us to do is to bear his name. Yes. You know, as I was going through school, I remember being in gym class and I remember how they would call out numbers and you would stagger yourself from the other person because, you know, if we were friends and we, I knew that you were good at, at the sport, I want to be on his team, right? And so we would stagger ourselves and they would call out one, two, one, two, all the ones over here, all the twos over here. Anybody remember that? That was a long time ago, wasn't it? But thank God that we're not a number. Thank God that we're not a number. But we are a part of a family. We're a part of an inheritance. And he is not, he is not giving you a number. He didn't say that you're number 250. You're not the 144 that they talk about in the Bible that the Jehovah's Witnesses talk about. But you have the name of Jehovah written over your forehead. And as we come and as we bear his name, as we're showing the world that I am a part of his team. I'm a part of a a team that is great and full of power. A team that has peace in the midst of the storm. You know, I think we messed up as Christians during the pandemic. I guess that was obvious. (laughs) You know, we should have been the hands and feet a little bit more than being the, what do they call them when they're like bears and they just go into hibernation and they're like, you know, don't touch me, don't talk to me, high five it, bye. Right? We should have been the ones that are bearing the name of Jehovah. Because in the name of Jehovah, in the name of Jesus, Oh, we can see the sick healed. We can see the blind receive their sight. We can see miracles, signs, and wonders. Because we bear the name of Jehovah. You know, Matthew, Jesus talked uh, to the disciples before he left. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He said that because he knew he was sending them away with his name. Because in his name is power. In his name, hearts change. You know, there's a lot of times, like my wife said, that we want to just say, you don't know who you're talking to, brother. And we want to tell them a lot of stuff. And when the Lord says, be still and know that I am God, wow. he's protecting his name. So good. He's protecting it. So but in the same sense, he's working behind the scenes. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there's times that I need him. <laughs> oh, there's all the time that I need him. But there's times that I need him to just do, do the work, Lord. Just do it. Just do it. I, I'm just your vessel. Right. I'm just, I'm nobody. You know, we're nobody, really. We're nobody. We're so fragile. You know, it's like those those clay, those clay cups. I know you guys probably don't have those here because you have real mugs. <laughs> but in Mexico, we have these clay cups. And I put water in one one time because we just got it. We were like, whoa, this is so cool clay. You know, the Bible talks about that, put water in it and the water starts seaming out. And I said, Whoa, I'm, I'm going to let that sit overnight. Well, there was no water in the cup in the morning. I was like, what? They call this a coffee cup. And so then that, you know, the Lord kind of, well, I had already spoken to myself at that point. I'm like, yeah, I'm like that cup right there, all fragile. Cause I tried to wash it, you know, that day in the morning, I tried to wash it and it broke. I was like, oh man, how is this so fragile? But then I saw the coffee cups that have like this, this, uh, ceiling inside of it. It's the same cup, brother, the same exact cup. The only difference is it has a seal inside. And that's when Jesus spoke to me and he said, Hey, I'm that ceiling in there. You're still fragile. You're still that same cup, but. When I am sealing, you know, uh, that sealing is me. I'm the strength that gives you the. St- I'm the one that gives you that strength. And so I said, thank you, God, for being that strength in my life. You know, we need that strength. We need that power. You know, we need God all the time because without him, like I said, we're nothing. But when we have him, we can bring heaven down to earth. You know, and and through that, I I, I started thinking of as we bear the name of Christ and as we go into our prayer room, you know, it's your decision in the morning to meet with God. And then it's your decision if you want to take God with you to your work. Take the Lord with you to the gas station. Take the Lord with you no matter where you are. You know, I think there's so many times that we meet with God and we have an experience. We have, we, we have the, the power of God in us and we feel him and we're like, wow, God, you're so great. And then we open the door and we shut it and we leave him in our, pl- in our prayer room. We cannot leave our prayer room without him because we bear his name. We need him no matter where we go. Because I'll tell you, there's obstacles that we're going to face. There's things that you're going to confront that you need his name. You know, there was an 8.2 earthquake. How many years ago? Many years ago. When we first moved into Mexico, five, six years ago. And I think we shared this with you. We didn't know what to do. There was nothing we could do. All we knew was the room was moving like this. We were on the third floor of a hotel in Tuxla Gutierrez, and the floor was, I do not kid you, we were going back and forth like this. And we threw ourselves on the floor in between the two beds. We pulled the bed over our head, and the only thing that we could say was, Jesus, Jesus. Because in that name there's power. Because in that name there's salvation. Because in that name is everything that we need. So these chosen vessels will go from place to place bearing the name of Christ. But what I really want to tell you today is this, and I won't take long, I promise, is that so many of us have obstacles that have gotten in our way, that have hindered us from reaching our destiny. God has called you. He's given you a purpose. He's given you a job, a plan. He's given it all to you. But then we get to an obstacle and we've stopped. There's some people today that are holding on a holding pattern. They're on a holding pattern because there's an obstacle that got in your way. And now the faith is not there to move the obstacle. Today, the Lord wants to tell you that you need to confront that obstacle and tell it to move. It says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, tell this thing to be moved into the mountain, to the ocean. And you go where? Forward. You go forward. There's some people today that need to hear me that there's obstacles in your path. And if you want to get into your destiny, you need to confront it. We know that Saul, he had an obstacle. It was sin. Sin in his life. He was killing Christians. He was persecuting Christians. In fact, Jesus told him, why are you persecuting me? And it was until he was blinded that he actually saw the best. Because he saw the things that he was doing that was wrong. But he had to confront that sin. He had to tell that sin, God, forgive me of what I've done. And now I will not do it again. That's what repentance is. That when we have something in our life that's sin, we say, God, I messed up. I made an error. I I did something wrong. And then you turn away from it and you go away from it. But so many times we come back to it because we love it, because we want it. But there's somebody here today that needs to hear me, that you need to confront that sin, confront that obstacle, confront the religious spirit that is inside of you. And plead that blood so that you can move that obstacle out of the way. Because anyone who bears the name of Christ has the power inside of them. Not only that, but Ephesians 1 tells us we're united with Christ. And then he brings his spirit upon us. You have a threefold power upon you. And anything that gets in your way from your destiny... He is willing and able to give you all the tools necessary to have the victory over it. But you have to confront it. You know, so many times we decide, you know, we're so clever as human beings, aren't we? We decide, oh, wait a second. I don't really want to confront this thing because it's embarrassing, because I shouldn't be, because I'm a Christian and I know better. And so we tried to decide to find another path. And so we start walking in another way to find a path to our destiny. Aren't we so good at that? But let me tell you that that obstacle will be right there waiting for you. It'll be right there waiting for you. So today the Lord is saying, confront your obstacles. Confront the things that are hindering you from your destiny, from your purpose. We see in the life of King David, or when David was a young boy, Israel, they were afraid of Goliath. They were there, oh, he's such a big giant. He's a killer. Oh, my goodness, look at him, right? They had fear. You know, sometimes as Christians we say, God, what you're asking me to do is pretty big. I don't know if I can make that step of faith to be able to walk into that. Where are the, the, you know, where's the money coming from? How am I going to do this? And how's this going to work out? Right. When we abide in him, when we confront it and we say, God, look, I'm, I'm a little afraid. Yeah. It's not bad to say, God, take your, take your petitions to the Lord. Right. It says you can go to the throne of grace and give him, tell him what you need and it'll be given to you. So if you are afraid, you say, God, make me brave. God, make me brave. Our prayers from the beginning has been, God, make me brave. Because we know what we're walking into. And so David stood up and he said, Goliath, you're going to fall today. And it's not by this little boy, but it's by him. He's going to win the victory. It's the Lord's victory today. And he slung that Goliath. We can see in many other people's lives in the Bible that they were called by God, that they had a reason for life. You know, and some people, they didn't think that they were very good, like Gideon. He said, well, I'm nobody. All of Israel is serving idols. I'm nobody to help Israel, to lead Israel into Victory. Look at Joshua. The Lord told him, be strong and very courageous. Why? Probably because he might have been a wuss. Right? Be strong and courageous. I don't know. Be strong and courageous. I don't know. Be strong and courageous. Well, I'm just going to step into this thing. He's telling me to be strong and courageous three times. Let's just do this thing. You know? And so sometimes it just, we just need to step into it. And say, God, you got me. You got me. I'm abiding in you. It's all you, not me. It has nothing to do with me. You had me back there. You're going to have me again over here. I think you got the point. We have to confront our obstacles. So that we can move them. We can have the victory over them. Because if we don't have the victory over them, they can't come back and haunt us. But when we get the victory over it, it's already covered. It's already done. It's already over with. We got the victory over it. The blood is covering us and we can cruise forward into our destiny. Hallelujah. You know, as I was praying for this service and these services that we've had with you guys, you know, I really felt the Lord uh, imparting or, or telling me to tell you this, that these next seasons The past seasons have been rough. And there's, I mean, again, this is nothing new. The next seasons will be harder. But I think that if we can, no, I know that if we can abide in him, learn from our past mistakes, that if we can just uh, get into our destiny, if we can... Uh, um, confront our, our obstacles, get into our destiny, get into our purpose, then this next season will be way different. It'll be uh, not a, a a crop that has died or not a crop that hasn't produced any fruit, but we're going to see the flip side of it. It's going to be so much harder, but we're going to see fruit out of it. We're going to see people clinging on to the faith, clinging on to God, looking to God, and you guys are going to be like pillars You're going to be the pillar to this community. You guys are going to say, it's not what's here, it's what's inside. It's him. It has nothing to do with us. You'll be a pillar for this area to be able to show and bear the name of Christ to this community that will need it. Will you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Will you just start to thank Him this morning? You know, the Bible says in in Psalm 100 that we enter into His presence with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. That means that when we start declaring His goodness, when we start thanking Him for the past And for the things in the future that he's going to do. That means that he's ushering us into his presence. So will you open your mouth today? Will you thank him and start getting ushered into his presence? Because here in this place, he wants to impart some things into you. He wants to put some things inside of you to get you into your destiny. He wants to start working on some areas inside of your hearts. He wants to start working on some things inside your mind. So you can walk by faith and not by sight. So you can be a piano that can be used, an instrument that can be used for Him. Open up your mouth, church. Learn. Learn how to open up your mouth and praise Him. There's purpose and reason in everything that we speak.